Hey there, sister. I am so honored you decided to join our combo today. As you know, we chat about life, love, and legacy. And in this episode, we meet Pastor Amy Farquhar. She is a children's pastor, a pastor of pastors there in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Victory Church there. And you're going to get to hear us talk about, oh my word, such wisdom that Amy brings to the table of leading leaders, leading your family, leading yourself, and uh, what God has done. And if she says the local church once, she says it about 20 times. She has a heart for the local church. And we just talked about uh, many different things. So I just want to bring you into the conversation, get a piece of paper and a pen. She gives some great nuggets, great words to live by. And I just really enjoyed myself. So I know you will too. And as always, don't forget to read the show notes for the recipe of the episode. Thanks. Hey there, sister, Nicole Johnson here. Join our conversation as we chat about life, love, and legacy. Today, I am a little giddy, but I am so honored to introduce to my world, um, Pastor Amy Farquhar. Uh, she is a, um, a lead pastor in Victory in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, her oversight is children and youth and all, all things young. So I guess that's why you're so young at heart. But, um, but I'm going <laughs> to let you clarify and correct anything that I've said in, in this intro. But I am so honored. Um, a little side note. Um, she also gets to minister alongside my precious daughter, Becca Calm. And um, I'm so thankful for that. But Amy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Nicole. It's an honor to be with you. You are a, a hero of faith to me. And so anytime to sit with you is uh, a blessing to me. And I agree, you do have a very precious daughter. So I agree. <laughs> I, I love I love getting to work alongside her and minister with her. Um, yeah, so I um, I love working with kids and families. I'm really passionate about the local church. And it's amazing that I get to bridge loving Jesus and loving kids uh, in my world on a daily basis. And so, um, and I'm, and I know that kids grow up and to be teenagers and young adults, and we don't ever stop. They don't age out of our care. They don't age out of needing Jesus and needing his people. And so I'm grateful for the opportunity that I have to serve um, in the local church. And um, I feel like uh, I'm getting older, but there's days I feel like, uh, man, we're just getting started too. So um, I'm learning new seasons of leadership and new seasons of what it looks like to be um, an, a seasoned uh, pastor and a seasoned servant and um, what it looks like to empower the next generation to lead also. Come so, on. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm, I'm happy yeah. to be with you. You hit the nail right on the head, and I'm thankful that um, that you're able to just share out of your experience and who you are. So I won't do much talking this this um, podcast, I believe. Um, but were you, um, as a younger Amy, were you like just I just want to be a children's pastor? I just I just can't wait. Um, this is this is my trajectory of life, and this is what I was born to do. Was it something like that, or was it a little different? It was a little different. Mm -hmm. I, uh, you asked me what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a mom. Uh, I always dreamt what of you are. How many children? children? Yes, I have four kids, and now two two bonus. Two of my daughters are married. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Yeah, I wanted to be a mom and I wanted to be a teacher. And so uh, when I was in first grade, I just knew that I was called in to uh, be with kids. And uh, but my family, my parents were very involved in our local church. They taught me what it looks like to serve um, selflessly, sacrificially. I remember when I was in fifth grade, it was in May. And I remember asking my dad as we were leaving the church, I said, hey, when does church get out? Because school was getting out. And when does church get out? And I remember him saying, church doesn't get out. Mm -hmm. And so we were the family that was there every single service. Um, But at a young age, I started serving in the nursery and serving in, you know, the the serving in kids ministry. And I really found in my own life, the power of the local church, the importance of the local church and in what it was to me personally. And then it was a place that I could bring. Um, I could bring uh, my gifts and my time, my talents, but also my people. And so I, mm-hmm. the church has just been important to me all growing up. And so um, in high school, it's kind, I, it's kind of like uh, kind of like a greenhouse. Uh, a church is a greenhouse where we can grow, mature, and um, we're prepared for the world. We're not protected from the world, but we're prepared to go out and to just affect and to, to bring heaven on earth out there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I went to school, I I started as an education major and I thought I was going to be in the classroom and God just continued to just, um, just shape my heart and uh, opened up doors for me. And so I've been in local church ministry in some capacity for most of my adult life, either writing curriculum for organizations or for churches or um, being, you know, on a team and, or leading a team. And so um, I honestly, I'm, I'm so grateful for my pastors, but my kids leaders and, and my Mm -hmm. youth leaders and people that were, that were in my life that I didn't know that they were planting seeds into the Amy to come. I had no idea back growing up. And now I get to see every weekend and Wednesday night teams that are planting seeds. And I tell our team, we're not just about their past story because we need to be aware, right? We need to know where our kids are at. We're not just about their story today. We're about their future stories. And there were so many people in my life that were about my future story and most of them were in the realm of the church. I love that. I think if you've said local church once, you've said it 20 times already. <laughs> that is that, but that is so, so good. That is how heaven comes to earth. That is how mm-hmm. God establishes his kingdom in the earth today. It's through the local church. Now, mm-hmm. you've not always been a Farquhar. Am <laughs> I saying it? Am I saying it right? You are correct. What, what, what name did you give up for Farquhar? Well, this is how much I loved him. I was a Johnson. Oh, I was just going to say you loved him. <laughs> I <laughs> love that. I love that. Yeah. I work a lot uh, during election seasons at the at the election polls. And so I get to see a lot of last names and I'll, I'll tell women, I'll go, whoo, you really loved him. <laughs> so what is Farquhar? Is it, what, what, what's, Scottish. It, what's it? Scottish. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, I love it. And um, and and whenever you can read the show notes, you'll you'll know how to how to how to say it, how to read it. But you said that you're a wife and a mother of, and you're also a, an in-law. I'm now in that in that camp. Love it. God showed me that I'm not I'm not emptying my nest. I'm enlarging my nest mm-hmm. because, see, my nest is wherever I am. My ne- I came across a note from my daughter. Oh, my word. It was so precious. And she said, Mom, thank you for always making where we are home. Mm. Because we had a traveling life for, for many years. And we traveled. And so a hotel room might be our, our home for six weeks. or But I would have the candle whenever she would come over. It would be like a little, little nesting home. So we nest where, where, um, where God has us. And, mm. uh, but, but getting back to the local church, nesting in the local church, that's creating, carving out that, that greenhouse effect. I, I'll come back to, to, uh, to allow these children. Now let's put this into perspective for our listeners. How many people are on just the team? How many people are on your team? On our kids children. team, there's yeah. a total of nine on our team. Nine. And how many children do you minister for in the three services? On well, the weekend. Our, yeah, we've been we've been serving from birth through fifth grade and special needs around 750 kids a week. Okay. And that's aside from we, from Wednesday or does that include Wednesday? That, that includes Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. So you have a church. You are pastoring a church and it's not the church of tomorrow because they're here today. And they're affecting their 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 classmates, their teachers, their parents, or the lack of leadership in their home. You are that to these children when they are in the nest of the local church. Oh, I love that. Now, you're also a leader of leaders. So besides mm-hmm. ministering into the children directly, how do you pastor your leaders, the nine people, to stay healthy and and energized and focused to minister to the masses? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's something that we continue to grow in, but I think that when God calls you to um, to pastor or to shepherd, um, I think that that my challenge has been to steward that really well and that mm-hmm. it's not about uh, we don't put on church. Um, we don't, we're, we are very purposed in what we do, uh, but it all comes from a heart of, of shepherding a flock and, um, the flock be meaning your, your team right then. Yeah. Yeah, You're shepherding that team. Yeah. I'm learning from you too, because it's like, yeah, we all have people that, that are connected to us that we need to not overlook and just go just buck up and here we go and let's do this again. But we need to be pouring into our team. Yeah. Go ahead. So look at, I mean, on the, on the daily, that's uh, spending time. You know, I think we talk a lot about iron sharpening iron, but we don't get close enough to really sharpen. And so that's mm. really space in our week to be close enough. Um, also sharpening, uh, it doesn't always feel great. And so um, really my, my heart is to be a leader that, um, that I love you enough and we honor each other enough that we can have hard conversations um, we can have honest conversations and we can also uh, laugh so hard that we're on the floor that, that you can do both things as a healthy leader. Um, I've, I've had multiple conversations with myself and with my team of a true, how are you? 
Um, fine is not a word that we use around our office because it, it, you know, usually people, when they say they're fine, they're not. Um, Mm -hmm. and so what does that look like to disciple, to bring people alongside you, to go with them? Uh, what does it look like to be a leader that is willing to do anything that you also ask of them while it may not be what I'm supposed to be doing, or it may not be the best use of my time. I'm willing to do anything that I ever ask my team. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'll be the one that cleans up the vomit or that attends a late night meeting or like, I just, I want to be a leader that will do anything that I ask of my team. Um, and I also, I love my team. Um, I love our, we call it our kids team. And I really, um, I, something I really feel passionate about is not just in kids, but especially a lot of my team is young and these young leaders to see things in them and to be able to call it out, call it out. Mm-hmm. to give them opportunity that it's not just called out, it's then stepped out. Now, and, how do you, are you ever perceived as pushy? <laughs> Probably. Because <laughs> we're, we're so much alike. And when I see things and I, and I, I call it watering the seed in that person, um, other people will say, well, you're a pushy. Don't push them. Let God do it. I'm like, well, yeah, uh, 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 you know, so uh, good. I'm glad to hear that's that's kind of a balance. It's kind of a, a norm in, in leadership that we see these talents and abilities in, in our people. And when we call it out, it's, it's a calling up. It's a, it's a, it's an enlarging our, our, our nest kind of thing, enlarging their capacity to grow. So that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell our young leaders often, um, I promise, um, that I will not let you drown, but I will let you swim. Mm. I want you to vessels. I want you, I'm not gonna let you go under. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you swim. And I look back, <clears throat> I'm, you know, I'll be 48 soon. I look back when I was in my young 20s and even earlier. And I think of even teachers in my life, in school, through college, through the local church that gave me opportunities. And I'm sure it wasn't amazing when I first started. I'm sure it wasn't, you know. <laughs> I'm sure that they probably gave me, you know, a lot of honest feedback and some, they probably thought, you know, maybe we made a mistake, but people gave me an opportunity. And I think that's where, um, I, I think unintentionally we could silence the next generation Mm. of leaders if our generation doesn't set back and be quiet. Come on. Mm-hmm. I think there I, is a space and a place for our voice. There's a space and a place for our wisdom, but there is a time for us to step back and to let them know we're here. We're supporting you. I'm yes. not going to let you drown. We but, are their floor. Yes. 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 And so they can soar. Every, anything beyond us goes, goes forward. I'm seeing in this generation they want to go, it's the new wine and the new wine skin and they're worshiping or they're, they're, they're stepping out with one eye forward and one eye on my generation saying, mm. is this okay? Is this yes. right? Does this bear witness? And I'm just like, go baby, go, you're doing go, go, go. And so it's our affirmation that now we don't check out. 
We don't say, yeah. oh, I'm done. It's all no, it takes both, it takes all, it takes multi-generations to to continue on. And I, I think it's very sad when they get pushed out of the nest and they they don't, you know, they they feel like they're alone. No, we, that's that's our part. Our part mm-hmm. is to just say, go for it. Doesn't matter your age, experience, just go. Just do. Yeah. That's so good. Wow. So I wrote that down. So those who you, those of you who are listening, remember that note takers are world changers. And mm-hmm. I wrote that down and it said, I won't let you da- drown, but I'll let you swim. That was so good. Um, okay. So you work full time. You have a full-time active family. How do you balance mm. um, everything? Mm. Well, wouldn't it be great if we could answer that question in one sentence? Uh, don't you hate <laughs> that question? <laughs> I've been asked that many times. I'm like, you just do, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. um, but this it, it's poised to you. I think about a story. We took a trip. We were on an airplane and we were headed back to Tulsa and, um, the pilot got on and said, Hey, we're going to have to make a pit stop in, in uh, Joplin. We're going to have to land. We don't have enough gas to get there, to get home. And nobody on that airplane said, come on, just try to make it to Tulsa. <laughs> Everyone acknowledged that That's the good. announcement was we didn't have enough gas to get to where we needed. So we stopped. Mm. And so I I honestly don't know if I, I've read a book called The Myth of Balance and I believe it's by Frank Beeler, but the, he, he has a statement that balance is actually a myth and that if we try, hmm. try to live our life always trying to find balance, we will always be frustrated. And so instead of trying to find balance, we live with a statement, if then, if I was gone at a conference this week, then I'm going to be home on Thursday night and Friday night with my children. If I have a big school project that's going to occupy this, then I'm going to. If I'm out with my family, then the church is going to need me in this capacity in the next three days. So that shifted my mindset as a younger leader. Instead of trying to always find this, everybody's happy to find this if then, and to live that even with my kids, Hey, I'm going to be gone three days, but I want you to know what it's going to look like after, or I want you to know what it's going to look before. before. If I'm going to be out of town, then I'm going to meal prep for my family, little things of that. And then finding those airplane moments where I don't say, just try to make it. I say, I'm going to make a pit stop in in Joplin because I'm going to need to recharge and refill. And so I've learned to find warning signs in my own life and become the pilot and let the Mm. Holy Spirit be driving of what are those sounds? What are those, the check engine lights are coming on. Um, A lot of times it's something in my health. It's something in my attitude. And the word says that it's out of of the overflow of our our heart, the mouth speaks. And if you Mm. want to know what's in your heart, I would say, just check your text messages right? Mm. Just check the last 10 text messages on your phone and that will show you where you're at. And when I start to respond with a lot of frustration or become cynical 
or um, become easily uh, frustrated and snap at people. Or, you know, you ask if people think that I can be pushy when I start barking orders or become bossy, my check engine lights are on and I haven't tended to them. Mm. I've tried to push through and I need to come back because the fruit is patience and kindness. And so I have to, I have to step back. And so um, I also have people in my life that will say my husband is one of them. I have good friends that will say, Hey, that doesn't really sound like the Amy that I know. Mm. And I think inviting those people into your life and giving them permission. It's not just, yeah, I I'm, I'm welcome for feedback, but that I'm not, I'm, you know, um, when my car is a mess and somebody gets in and says, Whoa, I know that's a sign that uh, I've been too busy when there's no groceries in my refrigerator and my pantry. And my daughter's trying to look for something to pack for lunch. And Mm -hmm. she can't, I know that, that my schedule is off. And usually when my schedule is off, there's something off on the inside of me. So trying to separate professional and personal, I have found to be really difficult. You cannot separate your whole person, right? We're all so linked. Mm-hmm. So having honest conversations, having people in your life that will give you honest feedback yeah. and being very self-aware as much as self-aware as we can of these check engine lights are on and I need to tend to them. All of that is covered by the voice of the Holy Spirit who is so faithful to lead us but also um, that I need to make sure that I am spending time listening and um, really being prompted and guided and led by the Holy Spirit. And something I found as I've gotten older, just because it's a good opportunity doesn't mean it's my opportunity. Mm-hmm. And as a young leader, so many great things that we can put our hands into and be a oh, part yeah. of. And as as you know, the older you get, the more blessings that can come from the no, because then I can focus on what the yes for Amy Farquhar is. And I've also given so many opportunities to other people to lead rather than jumping in. And then I'm exhausted and I'm out of balance. Tell me that's so good. So good. I was there uh, actually this time last year, October-ish and um uh, you guys were explain the concept and, and just kind of talk us through it. I, I forget it, what it was called, but in my words, it was like a replenish time. You guys were taking, I don't know if a week or three days or what, what was that called? And, and how, what, how do you do that? Yeah. Well, I, we read a uh, book called the ruthless elimination of hurry by John Mark Comer. He talks I a have lot- that Becca gave me that book. I'm a quarter of the way through it. And it's just, it's smacking me all around. Yeah, even just the word hurry, that it actually comes from hurricane and that we we can live our life that way and that we live our life in a rush and what that does to us spiritually. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was feeling that. I've heard people say, hey, if you as a leader are feeling tired, your team's probably tired. Um, As a leader, you start to demand what you demand of yourself. And so- Yeah, I'm doing it. Why can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just decided, hey, I'm going to, um, we're going to read this book together. And we did. And he talks a lot about solace and solitude and just different disciplines. And so we decided we were going to carve out a day of solitude 
um, every once in a while into our schedule, you know, maybe once a quarter, maybe once every six months, just what we felt like was needed um, okay. to where that we could actually shut out the noise. We could be can I, still. Can I ask how since last October, how have you done that again? We've done it one time. Um, okay. And then we've also taken time, um, maybe not alone, but we've taken time then together alone as a team. We've gone, uh, you know, we went to a conference to sit, um, but to be pulled out of the norm, to be pulled out of maybe all noise or even just the noise of what you're doing. And it's mm-hmm. amazing what yeah. it does. Um, and so well, they say Becca was telling me that if if you work with your mind, then you should, um, you should, um, not say love. What's the word? Sabbath with um, your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Sabbath with your hands. If you work with your hands, Sabbath with your mind. So it's just, yeah, wow. just getting, getting out of the norm and, mm. and re, re, reviving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think as not even a leader, but as a person, I mean, as a, as a wife, as a mom, but as a child of God, that what is in on the, what is on the inside of me? because I need to take responsibility for, for my life and my actions. What are external factors that I need to be aware of and and name that I feel like I need to get up and be in a rat race and crash and then start again tomorrow? Mm. What, what is that? And I can't blame everyone else that I'm tired. Mm. I just, I've just decided if I'm like, it's not the church's fault. It's not our family's fault. It's not like it. I am owning that I'm feeling tired. And so something we do as a team, you name it and you invite Jesus into it. And so if I'm feeling tired, I'm inviting Jesus into that. And I'm saying, Hey, I know what you say about physical rest, spiritual rest, emotional rest, resting my mind and Holy Spirit, what do I need to do? And what do you need to show me to receive? Because he doesn't call us to live a fatigued life. That's not a mm-hmm. life of abundance. Mm-hmm. Are there seasons of going hard? Yes. But but we don't live in a season where the leaves are always red and yellow and, and then falling off, right? Those are seasons. And when you start to have weeks that turn into seasons and then seasons that turn into six months and then a year, it's not a season anymore. And so, um, yeah, I think learning how, to, learning how to stop and be still, it goes against everything culture says. It goes against perhaps even things that, you know, that are inside of me, um, reasons why I want to work hard or, you know, there's a lot of different reasons. Um, but I think being honest, again, the Holy Spirit will show us and lead us to the discoveries that we need to make if we will stop and listen to him. Come on. I love that. All right. I don't know how much time we have left. It's not indicated yet, but legacy. What do you want to be remembered for? Wow. That's such a great question. Um, I I just, in however many years ahead, today, years and years ahead, I want, I hope people say, man, Amy really loved God and his people. Mm. That's what I want to be remembered. Like that it is like, I love God and it's out of that overflow of love that I have for him and that he has for me that I can love his people, my husband, 
my kids, the people in our church, my family. I mean, I could just go on and on. Mm-hmm. But I just, I hope that people say Amy really loved, loved people. And it's because she really loved God. I love that. I love that. Okay. You talked about your husband. How many years have you guys been married? Oh, goodness. It'll be 27 years in January. Come we on. Met, we met in high school. Our senior, well, We met our junior year. We Our first date was graduation, high school graduation. And were you in the same class? We were in the same class. Okay. And he was the last first so date. You, so you were, uh, you looked uh, really hot in, in your, in your cap and gown, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, Oh, I tell you what, it took me two years to get him to get me, get him to ask me out. Um, oh, okay. But, so you had your eye on him then. Okay. I him for a long time. He is the, the greatest gift that God has given me mm. just, um, and, and it's amazing. I asked him the other day, I said, Hey, do you still like me? And he looked at me and he's like, and I said, no, like, I mean, I know he loved me, but do you still like me? And he said, yes. I said, I, I really like you too. And um, it's exciting because, you know, we're almost to the season of not having kids living in the home. And while there's a, there's a grief that comes with different seasons in life and, you know, different, you're not hearing pitter patter coming down the stairs. I really love and like my husband. And so we'll say, I I like you and I love you. Yeah, whenever my yeah, it means it almost means more whenever um at this stage we're 31 years and um yeah, I'll look at each other and you know, I like or there's there's some days to make it real. I'm, I of course we don't say it this way, but it'd be like I don't really like you right now. <laughs> you know, and it's just like Ugh. you know, it it, it I I don't, have, I don't think I've ever verbalized that, but you know, my actions have been like but but of course we always love but um but yeah and those sweet times when we can just say you know i really like you i really like you i'm so glad and i'll tell him you know thank you for asking me to marry Uh you because you know it was it was their putting their heart out there and Uh um and we got to accept that but uh very good so how many years have you guys been going to the tulsa state fair oh my goodness yeah every year I mean, now I'm like, it's, I've got to calculate, but it's been every year since we were dating minus one, because there wasn't, I don't think we had a fair one year, but every year it's just what we did. It's funny. It was a tradition in his family. I had never been to the fair until I started dating him and he took me and I learned that fried food is really good for <laughs> one year. <laughs> for one day. Yeah. My son-in-law, that's what he does. He, she said, he just goes to eat. Um, all, all the crazy stuff. I'm like, well, enjoy it now, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and in fact, I think that was one of our first meetings. I was up in your office, uh, brought a small team from our church over to, um, to Tulsa and we're sitting there and it came out in conversation that, uh, that Josh calm was, um, pursuing our daughter and you're like, what? <laughs> and you just went off and I was just like, okay. As a mother, you're like, that's a good recommendation right there. You know, okay. I kind of did my, did my homework there, but um, <laughs> want to ask you a few just off the cuff uh, rapid fire questions. So I think we already talked about this, but what do you do at the end of a normal day to unwind? What, what's your, what's your routine? Mm, well, I really love um, a hot cup of decaf coffee. Um, mm, I'm a hot beverage girl. Mm-hmm. I love to be um, 
in the room, especially on the couch uh, with my husband. Um, sometimes we talk and sometimes we don't, but there's just something about being with him that is um, comforting, settling. Um, it's just those uh, random conversations, but also maybe sometimes deep that, you know, you just have somebody that you just need to say it before you go to bed, um, whether it be the day or just things in my own heart. Um, and then I like to go to bed really early. You'll find me in bed usually by 930. I really like to. Hello. Um, yeah. Yeah. Find down and uh, I love a weighted blanket. <laughs> yes. And it's easy for me to fall asleep. But uh, my days are full. My mornings are early. And so. Got to um, sleep sometime. Yeah. 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 Very cool. When we traveled and we did not have a home, a house or, you know, physical house, um, people would say, where's home? And God just gave me a great reply. I said, home is in the arms of my husband. Mm, So wherever that may be, that's, that's home to me. Um, Okay. So we already covered this. You like, you like hot, hot coffee, hot beverages. When you vacation, do you like oceans or mountains? Oh man, actually both. Few mission Mm. trips put on. There's both, and I'm thinking this is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I do love the beach, and our family likes to take a trip once a year if we can to the beach. Um, I think the peacefulness, I think the the joy of watching the kids in the water and the waves. But I think, uh, man, there's just something about standing in sand, watching the vast water, and realizing how big God is, how small we are. And it just, it's just, there's something just majestical about the ocean to me. If I'm on the Eastern shore, I love to do at least one sunrise because I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is the real sunrise. Um, Yes. Everything else is just a secondary to me. And um, I've only been in Hawaii once, but that was the real sunset. Um, from Hawaii. Um, what is your recent read or, or current current read that that, that you're in? Mm. Well, my favorite book of all time is It's Personal by Reggie Joyner, Jer- Reggie Joyner and Chris and Ivy. Uh, okay. I read probably once every two months. And so I'm in a season of reading that again. It talks about wow. the personal ministry to kids and families. Um I am uh, also reading the book Habits of the Household. Um, it's a book uh, that's helping me minister to families well. I could always put things into practice in my own life, but helping me uh, just some new language for what it's like to raise kids in this culture and mm-hmm. the importance of you become your habits and your kids become you. And so oh. that has been a really, really uh, good book for me. Um, and then I'm in school right now, uh, pursuing my master's in counseling. So I have a lot of reading mm-hmm. on Christian counseling, Christian therapy, theology, and counseling and the mix between the two. And so, so you're, you're, um, you're casual is the wrong word, but your uh, personal reading versus your on purpose school reading. When do you do your personal reading? Like at night or what, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, nighttime, even sometimes I'd tuck it into my day, you know, as we're writing Mm. things for our families or as we're, um, you know, praying about direction of families. Um, I think there's seeking wise counsel from, um, uh, people that are around me. I also think they're seeking wise counsel from people that are leading studies and what it's like to work with kids and families. And so my personal reading still blends in. I really enjoy reading 
um, books about children and their learning and families. And I'm mm-hmm. not really a, uh, I don't, I don't read a lot of just stories for fun. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I read on purpose. I really don't do any novels. I'm um, the only novelist I do read is so far is that uh, Liz Curtis Higgs. Um, mm-hmm. and she always, it's, it's fiction based on fact. So it does yeah. have personal, um, application. Uh, we're almost out of time, but what was one of your worst jobs? Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> this, I mean, this is lackluster. I have loved every job. Oh, I, I was going to say I was a lifeguard. Um, I worked, uh, for my dad cleaning his office, but he paid me really well. And so it was worth it. Um, what, what, did you, what did your so dad do? Um, he owned an insurance company, so he had a large okay. office. So, so was, it was, clean. it was clean, oh. clean, dirty. Yeah. 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 Nice. I, I have not, I have, I have well, had yay. great jobs. My well, yay. Well, in our last minute, anything else that's on your heart that you want to share that we've not covered yet? Wow. Well, I would say, um, Pastor Nicole, I watch you from afar and up close when I see you and you are truly a hero to me of faith. And I see you and your daughter And so I would just remind all the listeners to find those that are before you and lead someone that is behind you because we need each other. And so I thank you for being that to me. And I'm amazed that God is so good that he would allow your daughter to be in my path. And I just think that, but that is how beautiful God is and how much he knows the relationships that we need. And so I always encourage people, don't do life alone. Be, get, you Seek after those relationships and be open to those that are coming into your life um, because we, f- we discover so much about who God is through his people. Well, with that, I've got tears in my eyes and I just want to thank you so much for joining us because that's my heart, connect women. So thank you so much for listening today. And don't forget to read the show notes for that recipe that my daughter said to put every time. So thanks for listening. Bye.